Welcome back to the podcast where no conversation is off limits. So get ready to laugh, cry, or fight with me. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to episode 22 of Laugh, Cry, Fight. This week's episode is going to be a really quick, you know, solo episode. I just wanted to do a quick life update. Um, get you guys up to speed on what's going on with the podcast. So basically, as you may have heard or noticed, I'm doing bi-weekly episodes now just because I can't keep up with the weekly at the moment. I'm alone on the, on the podcast now. And on top of that, I work full-time and I'm applying to grad school and I'm planning a wedding. <laughs> so it's been a little more of a toll, a little bit more of a toll than I anticipated. So um, it's definitely going to pick up you know in the spring because that's when I'll have our finished applications the wedding will be mostly planned and I'll, I'll it'll be more of like the fun part of like bridal showers etc versus the nitty-gritty of getting all the things books and everything um but yeah so that's basically what's going on right now um but I just wanted to do a quick uh quick solo episode for this week because I, I don't want to disappoint I want to put one out at least every two weeks um, so basically, like I said, applying to grad school, and I don't know who, if anyone else is going through this as well, or has gone through this, or is anticipating to go through this, but it's kind of tough. It's my second time applying to grad school. I applied, um, two years ago for MFA, Master's in Fine Arts in Creative Writing and One Screenwriting Program, and unfortunately got turned down by all of them. Um, and it really, it took a toll. Like, at first, I kind of just was in denial, and I was like, it's fine. I don't care. Like, you know, I I, I acknowledged all the facts. It, it, they're hard to get into. They're all fully paid, aka they're extremely competitive, and they don't accept a ton of people. That's Like, one, the, my reach accepts two people a year, which is insane. So, you know, that's I kept repeating that mantra, like, it's not my fault. Like, it's not because of me. It's not my writing. But then I went through this like dry spell of creativity where like I just felt like I couldn't be creative. I had no drive to be creative. It was extremely hard to think of anything like let alone writing. I, I basically stopped reading like and at first I was just like whatever. I don't have time. I don't have time. It's nothing to do with the applications. Like I'm totally fine. Everyone was like don't worry like you're not a bad writer. It's just really hard. I'm like yeah exactly. Obviously duh. You know I'm a good writer. You know creative writing award. Whatever whatever. But looking back, and now that I'm back in the fray of applying to grad school again, I think it did affect me. Like, it affected me pretty deeply to be turned down by, like, seven schools, you know? And, and even, like, the, my, the school I, just, I had just graduated from, University of Florida, turned me down for their MFA program. And so it definitely, it definitely affected me more than I wanted to admit. I think I internalized all those rejections and was like well I guess I'm just not a good writer like my whole life's been a lie like obviously like people have just been coddling me and telling me that I'm good just because they're my family or just because you know whatever I'm in high school it does it's it's different um and then I started to get to this place where I just felt like I couldn't write sophisticated literature I started only pretty much my voice was all young adult like I'd my mom is a writer as you guys know from the past episodes she's a poet and an English professor and so I you know she's like my go-to and so it started to become where everything I'd write, she was like, okay, I like the idea and the message and the theme, but it sounds young adult. Like it does not sound like liter- like adult literature. It sounds young adult voice. And which is fine if you want to be young adult, but you know, that to get into master's programs, particularly the ones I'm applying to, you need to have an adult literary voice. And it's tough, you know, it got tough to 
be able to find that voice again and be able to do that. So like, and, and after a while I just started to be like, well, you know what mom, like you're just saying it's good because you're my mom. I started to feel like all the praise I would get for writing was just like BS basically. And I doubted everything I wrote and it was just a mess. But then, you know, like I, I got some distance from it and I, I just, you know, I took a year off again. Like, I, okay, so I graduated bachelor's, took a year off, applied to grad school in that year, didn't get in. Then, we, then me and my now fiance moved to Gainesville so he, he could go to grad school. So his first year didn't, like I just took it off, work, working full time, etc. And now in his second year, I'm applying to grad school again for like 2021. So we're going to finish his master's, get married, and then in that fall, I'll hopefully cross your fingers, knock on wood, whatever, start on my grad school. So that's the plan. And, you know, after I took that, that second time off and I kind of like was just like, okay, a working person in society for a year, I got the itch again. And I was like, I, I want to go back to school. Like I want to get the master's degree so I can teach at a college or, you know, just have that, have that credential under my belt. So I started to, you know, test the waters, you know, search some schools, talk to my mom again. Um, and now, and then in the summer, like when we were quarantining with my parents, we started like doing workshops every week and, you know, writing exercises every week just to get the blood flowing, you know, metaphorically the writing blood flowing. Um, and I started to get, to get back into it. And then I, you know, and then I was, okay, let me see what, what schools require what. And, I've always like, I always knew I like writing, right? And I was okay, I think poetry over, I mean, I think fiction over poetry. But then I was like, what about screenwriting? Because I absolutely love watching TV, watching movies. I love reading screenplays. And so I was like, and then I had applied to a screenwriting program the last round. That's the one that takes two people a year because it's the fully paid like section of that school. And so I, had, I, already, I already have a full screenplay under my belt. So I was like, you know what? Maybe I can see if other schools do offer screenwriting with fully funded. Cause I I don't I can't I don't want to take out loans. So I'm trying to only aim for the fully funded programs or like the ones that have teaching assistantships available for students. So I started looking and I found four more universities that have screenwriting offered fully funded. So that's amazing. Um. So I have to basically right now I'm right now I'm basically focusing on the fiction piece because there's like. Like, okay, say I'm applying to five schools, five, four of them are fiction and one is screenwriting, even though it's not the same. I don't, I'm not good at the whole math analogies, but basically the majority of the schools I'm applying to are fiction and the ones that are more attainable, in my opinion, are fiction. So right now I'm focusing primarily on the fiction piece. So my mom and I are doing it now since I'm not living with them anymore. Um, we came back to Gainesville because Esteban, my fiance, is starting, is in his uh, semester again. We are doing Zoom writing workshops which has been actually really amazing like it keeps me connected to her and it really feels like we're in the same room honestly like I don't know it's pretty amazing um so we're doing zoom workshops every week so I'll write during the I'll write like from Thursday to Tuesday and then Wednesday afternoon we'll do a zoom workshop where I read we read the new stuff and I go on a google doc and she goes on the same google doc and we like edit it together and talk about it and brainstorm and it's really nice so like I was, cause like another thing I wanted to talk about was how like writer's block has been affecting me so much. And, um, um, yeah, so writer's block sounds basically what it is. Like a writer is blocked and they can't think of ideas and they don't know what to write and they stare at a blank page for hours and hours and hours and they cry, they cry themselves to sleep. And that's the, that's the, okay, I'm exaggerating. That's like an excessive version, but basically 
like what I touched on earlier, how I kind of was out of, I just didn't have that creative headspace anymore. That's kind of like, writer's block for me is kind of that, but like on a smaller level versus like I was not creative for a year. It's now like, okay, I sit in front of the computer and I just can't get it out or like I just can't think of what to write. And like when I was younger in high school, I just kind of like, okay, I have an assignment due and it would be even like the next period, I would just, bam, idea on a paper, done, great, 100% or whatever, A, whatever. And it was like that pressure of being in a class kind of got my brain flowing and got my ideas out faster. And I was able to just like think of an idea, think of a character, think of a plot, write it all down and get it all out like cohesively. Now I just, I have so much trouble with plot lately. Like I get totally blocked. I have all these ideas for characters and I have all these ideas for scenes, but I have trouble kind of stringing a plot together. Um, and, and I mean like a literature plot. Like I have a lot of like young adult kind of plots or like fantasy plots, but again, I need to try to get more sophisticated in terms of like literary voice not that science fiction etc isn't sophisticated because it definitely is but again for these kind of programs they typically don't want genre fiction they want you know classic fiction or a version of not genre basically so like, what I'm trying to do is do more experimental classic fiction as it were and do like a series of scenes you know pl and play with time and play with chronological order and etc etc and hopefully that will do the trick. But it has definitely been hard to get the creativity out onto the paper. Um, you know, now I have my work set up at home. You know, I have my computer from work and a nice keyboard and a nice chair. So that's been really helpful because having a space definitely helps. And not even just for writers, for anything. Like if you just have a space to be creative or a space to let out, let that part of you thrive, it really helps. Because before I would just sit on the bed or sit on the couch, sit on the floor with my little laptop that I've had since high school and try to type things out and figure things out. And it wasn't like, it wasn't a good headspace. It wasn't a good physical mental space. So definitely having like a desk area that's literally just for work and writing and getting like a, like a tool for the creativity to come out onto a page versus just banging around in my head, you know, has been extremely helpful. So I definitely think that, especially now that we're all stuck at home, you know, for the most part, um, it's definitely important to have a workspace inside of your home living space. So when I was, for example, like when I was living with my parents, I, we slept in one room and I worked in the other room. And that was really helpful because I got, it got me out of the bedroom and made me feel like I was, you know, I was quote unquote going to work, even though it was five steps away. But now that we're back in Gainesville, we have a, you know, a small one bedroom apartment. We've had to combine the living space and the workspace. So basically my fiance, since he doesn't need like a permanent setup, since he only works a few, like he only has class on his computer a few hours a day, he does like in the dining room, like little table we have, he works there. But then I'm, you know, sitting on a chair looking at a computer screen eight hours a day. Um, I need like the desk space. So the apartment we, um, that we have has a desk in the bedroom. So I wake up, you know, get dressed, sit down and work all day in the same room that I'm sleeping. So at the beginning, like before, I, before, the long-term aspect of this quarantine when working remotely happened it was kind of depressing um I was not happy I would get up and it was weird it was like I, there was no boundaries it was like I'm living and working and there's all my life is work and my work is life and I had no separation and so I just it was like a super godsend that we were able to go live with my parents up, up in Palm Coast for a few months because you know it literally cleared my head like okay let me get out of this space like let me find a new space and it was she they live by the beach you know they they have they built a house there recently and um so that was amazing to be able to like you know get up from work 
leave the house, get clear my head, full of sea air. And like, I'm a beach baby. Like I was born in Miami, like my whole life growing up, sailing, boating, etc. So like being by the beach is super home. It feels like home. No matter what, where I am, what country. Like if there's a beach, I feel home. If there's ocean, I feel at home. So it was really nice to be able to just get up and clear my head, get that sea air through the system. So now and I get a better attitude, better positive outlook on the whole situation. So now that I'm back in Gainesville for, for the foreseeable future, at least for like at least a year, um, it is a lot easier now that I have, like I got like a nice chair from work. They let us bring home chairs, um, like desk chairs. And we have like totally cleared off that desk except for my work stuff because at first we had a bunch of pops there as you may have heard in the previous episode about why we collect things we are avid pop collectors but we rearranged everything and now the desk is just work stuff um I mean I have two pops on there (laughs) my little work buddies that I used to have in the office but still it's a mostly just work stuff and it feels a lot better just like I feel like I when I sit down on that chair I'm at work when I lift that chair I'm at home so long story short it's really important in my opinion to have a space that's just for you and just for your work and or like and or like your like when I say work I don't literally just mean like your nine to five job I also mean like if you're making a podcast you sit there and do the work there or if you're um a writer if you're I don't know whatever you do like if you have if you run an Instagram company if you have a jewelry company if you if you make stickers if you buy make t-shirts etc 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 whatever you whatever your work is be it nine to five job be it side hustle quote unquote be it just your you want a space to be creative and a space to even if you just love researching you just love going on the computer looking up things at least you have a space to do it where it's not that's not the space that you sleep in or not the space that you eat in so I think that's extremely important um anyway I digress (laughs) but yeah so writer's block um really affected me and having that space has been helpful because you know like I said earlier, I zoom with my mom there, so I'm sitting there zooming. We take notes on the on the notepad, and then you know I get then it starts to come to me. You know, like now when I sit there, it comes. Versus like before, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna sit anywhere in the house, and hopefully an idea comes. But now my brain is sort of being conditioned to be like, okay, this is your creative space. You know, you have the freedom now to just only worry about being creative, only worry about getting p- p- words down on the page. And even if it comes out crappy, at least you did something. At least something is happening in your brain. At least your synapses are firing, your fingers are typing, something's happening. And if it sucks, who cares? At least you got something out. And then maybe even if, even if you get one sentence out from the whole two pages you wrote, that's something. You know, at least you did something to further along your goals. And I mean, I can say this don't blue in the face, but the reality is like, yeah, I say this, I say this, I say this, I think this, but it's hard. It's hard to just, you know, sit down and get things done. So yeah. Anyway, that's the life update for this week. And I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And I, I'm sure some of you must relate to this, um, especially with the whole quarantine thing. I know it's been rough on a lot of people, but you know, we all have to just be strong and stay together and stay safe. Alright, thanks for listening. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Laugh Cry Fight. And please send us tweets or DMs of personal stories, anecdotes, musings, or even topics you want to hear an episode about. You can also send us voice notes on the Anchor app or email us directly at laughcryfightpod at gmail.com to be featured on an episode. Laugh Cry Fight was created by Carolina Flores and me, Sonora Hospital Medina, with intro and outro music by Jose David Sanchez and artwork by Ryan Flores, whose work you can find on Instagram at Little Tattoo King.